What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Founder's Journal, my personal diary as an entrepreneur made public for the world. Before we hop into today's episode, I just wanna say thank you. Thank you for being an amazing audience. Thank you for, in our first month back, driving 150,000 downloads of this show. And thank you for literally the hundreds of emails that have been sent to my inbox, introducing yourself, requesting future topics of episodes, It has been incredible just to see the momentum around the show and the energy for this type of content. With that, I would love to hear from you whether you've written in or not. So shoot me an email at alex at morningbrew.com. At minimum, say hi. Even better would be to introduce yourself and maybe tell me any topics you'd like to see me cover on the show moving forward. But my goal is to go from 150,000 downloads to 300,000 over the next month. And by interacting with me and telling others about the show, I think we can do it. Now today, I'm gonna share a story from Robert Iger, the world-class CEO of Disney, and an important takeaway for entrepreneurs that I have from this incredible story. Let's hop into it. So I've had the ride of a lifetime sitting on my bookshelf for the last few years. It is the memoir of Bob Iger, who's been the CEO of Disney for 16 years, and he's been part of the company since 1996, three years after I was born. He's considered one of the greatest CEOs of all time, and this is a relatively timely episode because Bob just extended his contract as CEO of Disney through 2026 after stepping back into the driver's seat in 2022 because his successor, Bob Chappick, just wasn't getting the job done. So it's a great time to be reading this book, and while I'm only about 40 pages in, I've already covered this thing with sticky notes and have so many lessons that I want to share with you guys. And I want to share the first lesson by sharing Bob Iger's story that he opens this book with. He starts by sharing a sequence of crazy events the week of June 13th, 2016. Bob was in China for the 40th time in 18 years, and he was visiting the country for the 11th time in just six months. Now, before I say anything else, I just want you all to let that sink in 40 times in 18 years and 11 times in six months. Like it just shows the amount of sacrifice that is required, no matter what business you're running, no matter what industry it's in. If you want to build anything of value, it takes a ton of hard work. I hate hearing about, you know, it's about working smarter, not harder. Really successful people who add a lot of value to this world, both work smart and hard. And Bob Iger is the example of that. And so Bob was in China because he was there to oversee the opening of Shanghai Disneyland, which is a project that he had literally been working on for 18 years. This was the biggest project he'd ever been a part of. Shanghai Disneyland cost $6 billion to build. It was 11 times the size of Disneyland in the US, and 14,000 workers lived on the property while working on it. VIPs were getting to Disney on that Monday, June 13th, 2016, which included board members, executives, Wall Street analysts, and investors. And Bob describes running on adrenaline in the few days before the big week because he'd already been in Shanghai for two weeks, making sure everything was ready. But then everything changed on Sunday, June 12th, the day before the big week. On June 12th, Bob Iger received news of a mass shooting at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, 15 miles from Disney World. There wasn't any more information yet about the shooting or if any Disney employees were involved, but all Bob knew is that he was waiting to learn more while also preparing for day one of Shanghai's opening. 
He was supposed to have a breakfast presentation with investors, then shoot a long interview with Robin Roberts of Good Morning America, then meet with Chinese officials to talk about the opening ceremony, and then rehearse for an opening night concert. Now, while all of this was going on, Bob learned more about the shooting. He learned about who the shooter was. He learned that 50 people had been killed. And he learned that the shooter had planned to make Disney World his primary target. And there was actual security footage from Disney showing the shooter pacing outside the entrance with a stroller that was hiding a semi-automatic rifle and pistol. The only reason that the shooter didn't attack Disney is because there was a concert going on at Disney World that night. And so they had extra security on staff. And so the shooter felt like it wasn't a smart move to attack there. And so he ended up finding the first nightclub that he thought would be a good target. Now, this is impossible for you or me to do, but try putting yourself in the shoes of Bob Iger at this moment in time. You have arguably the largest moment of your career that's happening. You have a jam-packed schedule talking to some of the most pivotal people that make this project, this 18-year project, a success or a failure. And as it's all happening, you find out about a national tragedy that almost happened at your park. How do you stay focused? How are you present with Robin Roberts at Good Morning America? How are you present with all these high-powered folks in the Chinese government or with Disney's investors? When all you can think about are the people that died, be unsure if any of them are Disney employees, and know that this was so close to happening at your park. I'll share my thoughts right after this quick break. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. My view is you have to be great at compartmentalization. As a great leader, you have to hold competing priorities and competing challenges in your brain at once, but know how to switch between them so you're only present to one priority at any given time. Now, some people say this approach isn't right. They'll say that compartmentalization leads to not feeling your feelings, and that leads to emotions building up and bursting in the form of bad decision-making, but I view it differently. I don't think compartmentalizing stops you from feeling and expressing your emotions. I think it simply creates an organized space for when you have the time and presence to feel those emotions fully. In this moment, I don't believe Bob Iger has the capacity to fully feel his emotions and turn inward around the events that happened at Pulse Nightclub. And unless he was going to prioritize leaving China and focusing on those events, I don't think it's a bad thing that he compartmentalized what had happened so he could be present to the launch of Shanghai Disneyland as long as he revisits his thoughts and feelings around what had happened as soon as he can. And that's why I believe compartmentalizing is a hidden requirement of great leadership. Like a professional athlete who must forget the last play in order to crush the next one, a great CEO has short memory and fast regulating emotions. It's the only way to keep performing with the inevitable shitstorm and fire alarms that are part of a leader's daily work, no matter how big or small the stakes are. Now, here's how Iyer describes the way that he handles these very situations. He says, when the unexpected does happen, a kind of instinctive triage kicks in. 
you have to rely on your own internal threat scale. There are drop everything events, and there are others when you say to yourself, this is serious, I need to be engaged right now, but I also need to extricate myself and focus on other things and return to this later. Sometimes, even though you're in charge, you need to be aware that in the moment, you might have nothing to add, and so you don't wait in. You trust your people to do their jobs and focus your energies on some other pressing issue. But this whole story doesn't stop there. It gets even crazier. It's still the days before the park's opening, and Iger is going nonstop. He describes his schedule being programmed to the minute between leading park tours, giving interviews, hosting meals, meeting with shareholders, meeting with Chinese officials, practicing a speech he'd be giving at least partially in Mandarin, and much more. As all of this was going on, he recalls leading a VIP tour and his head of parks, Bob Chapik, coming up to him and pulling him aside. Iger expected that it'd be an update about Orlando. As if it couldn't have gotten worse, it did in that moment. Bob Chapik proceeded to tell Iger that an alligator attacked a two-year-old boy at Disney's Grand Floridian Hotel at 8.30 p.m., and the boy was missing. The crazy thing is Bob had to keep running through his schedule as he was waiting to hear news from his head of security, who had just gotten back to Orlando because he was on the ground managing everything going on with Pulse Nightclub. For the remainder of this trip, Bob Iger had to manage successfully opening Disney Shanghai while also grieving the loss of this young boy. He talks about literally breaking down and crying at a point on this trip. He had to talk to the boy's grieving parents, and he had to make a promise to them that something like this would never happen again at a Disney property. Bob Iger describes his job as CEO of Disney as the happiest job on earth, but he describes this point in time as the saddest day in his career. As I reflect on this story, I have a few final thoughts beyond just the necessity of exceptional compartmentalization as a leader. This story also reiterates the value of having great trusted people by your side, who you know will do a great job without you. This story also reiterates the value of having trusted people by your side, who you know will do a great job without you needing to worry. Bob Iger was able to somehow stay focused on the opening of Shanghai Disneyland because he implicitly trusted his people. Bob Chapik made sure that every single lagoon and canal at Disney, which is two times the size of Manhattan, that all of these lagoons and canals were roped off and fenced within 24 hours because he wanted to keep that promise to the parents he spoke with. And this story also reminds me that being a human comes before being a CEO or a leader. After this boy was attacked, news outlets were widely reporting on it, and inevitably, they would reach out to Disney for comment. While the easy thing for Bob Iger to do would be to have a company spokesperson speak on their behalf because that have the lowest legal risk, and that's what big public companies oftentimes do, he refused to prioritize insulating and protecting himself over being a human being who was devastated by what had just happened. Now, if this story and these lessons are any indication of the value and lessons that I'm going to get from Ride of a Lifetime, you all are in for more snippets and insights from Bob Iger's amazing memoir. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and I'll catch you next time. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.